Dear Tony, if I may, it's great to see you. Uh, it's been a few years uh, since we found ourselves sitting next to each other at a panel in Davos. And thank you for your time today to discuss with me some of the exciting changes taking place uh, within the philanthropic sector on the uh, African continent. Thank you for what you're doing. I think this, uh, this is very encouraging, very inspiring, and uh, things like this should be well documented. And that's why I created time to be with you today. Highly commendable. Much appreciated. Tony Alumalu is a, a trained economist and a highly respected entrepreneur, investor, and philanthropist who's committing significant amounts of his time and energy and resources towards developing the next generation of African entrepreneurs and change agents. Tony is the founder and chairman of Ayers Holding that has presence in 20 countries, I believe, within Africa. Uh, and is active in a diverse uh, range of sectors uh, from healthcare and energy to real estate uh, and financial services, to name a few. In 2010, Tony founded the Tony Alumalu Foundation, which dedicated uh, to harnessing the power of the private sector to empower women and men, catalyze economic growth and drive uh, poverty eradication and job creation uh, throughout the African continent. Today, the Tony Alumalu Foundation is active in all 57 countries uh, in Africa. And in 2010, it established a signature entrepreneurship program, which includes a $100 million commitment to cultivate uh, the development of 10,000 African entrepreneurs over 10 years. Tony has also served in a number of impactful positions in the Nigerian uh, public sector, including on numerous councils and uh, government committees dedicated to creating jobs, boosting international competitiveness, uh, and uh, transforming local healthcare uh, infrastructure. Dear Tony, uh, I'd like to begin with uh, two subjects that I know are very close to your heart, uh, and those are uh, the concepts of entrepreneurship and philanthropy. How do you reconcile the relationship between entrepreneurship and philanthropy in your own work? And to what extent do you apply traditional entrepreneurial principles to the design and implementation of your own philanthropic initiatives? You know, but uh, again, I want to commend your initiative, you know, and uh, your, what you're doing is so, so useful, so good, especially to shine the light on philanthropy in this part of the world, so highly commendable. Now at the Tony Elumelu Foundation, which we funded uh, about 11 years ago now, uh, born out of the desire and the need to help to catalyze entrepreneurship across the continent, out of the need to help eradicate poverty fundamentally, and out of the need to empower our people I have come to realize, and so do my colleagues at the Tony L. Miller Foundation, that the best thing you can do for mankind is to teach people how to become fishermen and not necessarily to consume fish. And that is the center of, at the center of our entrepreneurship program. That is at the center of the Tony L. Miller Foundation. We have seen growing up around uh, Africa, the, 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 the negative effects of poverty. You know, the extremism we see in the world today is attributable to joblessness and poverty. 
And so we, uh, my colleagues and I thought, you know, what can we do to contribute our own quota in alleviating poverty in the 21st century? What can we do to refocus the conversation and shine the light on what we consider extremely critical in lifting our people out of poverty and creating jobs for our people? That is why we adopted the philosophy of entrepreneurship, democratizing entrepreneurship across the continent. That is why we launched the 100 million US dollar foundation fund to help people. So over a period of time, we want to create more Tony Illuminus, you know, more Zuckerbergs out of, out of, out of Africa, and uh, it's working. The, well, this is a new approach. Before now, you know, it's more like a charity, it's more like, a, you know, just giving money to people to help them feed, etc. Why that is important, we think that it's more important to change the approach, you know, and that is why we believe and we say that what we're doing to catalyze entrepreneurship and catalyze a new form of giving and philanthropy on the continent. And it's working today. Our commitment to supporting a thousand African entrepreneurs every year is working. In addition to that, we have been able to engage partner development uh, institutions uh, to also support more. Today, we work with UNDP, we work with the African Development Bank, we work with the International Red Cross, and we're now with the European Union to help increase the scale and impact of, of, of this new approach. This new approach of giving people seed capital, non-refundable, but more importantly, training them. It's like MBA in three months, training them how to run businesses, you know, and we're beginning to see positive outcome of, it, of this uh, initiative. So it's a new way of giving. It's a new way of giving. It's, uh, it's, uh, we're proud to say that the Tony Melu Foundation is Africa-funded, Africa-funded, and helping to alleviate poverty on the continent. No, and I really highly commend you for the initiative itself. I mean, we face similar socioeconomic challenges here in the Middle East. And the fact that you are investing um, significant capital, but also your time and energy in really creating that multiplier effect, right? Creating entrepreneurs who can then go and create, uh, you know, opportunities for others. And hopefully that chain reaction continues. Staying on the subject of, of business itself. You know, the business world has been going through a period of realignment of purpose with the needs of society. You are uh, the leading proponent of a concept created known as Afro-capitalism, which uh, is focused uh, on, on the role of the private sector in helping to create economic and social wealth on the African continent that you spoke about. In your view, is the African private sector doing enough to address social challenges and what are the keys to getting more business stakeholders on board with this concept? You know, the philosophy of African capitalism comes from a realization that the private sector in Africa, the private sector that engages in Africa, equally has a role to play in the development of the continent. And we must not just fold our hands and wait for government alone or development partners to make this happen. It's a call on everyone to invest sensibly, invest long-term in key sectors of the economy that help to create prosperity and, uh, and uh, social, social good for everyone. 
and telling people, you know, if you want to invest on the continent, invest in businesses, enterprises that help to create value from within. You know, uh, if you invest, like in our group, we invest in the power sector. We invest in power sector because we know what electricity, access to electricity can do for the continent. So we're calling on others. The good thing is they're beginning to respond. They're beginning to respond. We're beginning to see increasingly the uh, interest and participation of African business leaders in investing correctly, wisely uh, in, in, in our economic activities on the continent. And by so doing, everyone is contributing his our quota in creating jobs, in, in, in supporting people in the, in the business ecosystem, the value chain, different kinds of people, because we have realized it is in our enlightened self-interest to make sure that poverty is, um, is eradicated and that wealth is spread as much as possible. That way we won't support our own businesses. That way we will create new markets for our businesses. And you know, again, talking about linking this to the foundation of philanthropy on the continent, is also at the center of this entrepreneurship. Private sector, you do well and make sure you carry your community, people, ecosystem all along so that progressively all of us will contribute our quota in helping to develop, develop the continent. And we're beginning to see even private sector leaders, not just helping to develop the continent by the investment they make, the economic investment, they also are beginning to commit resources in a sensible fashion, in a strategic fashion, in helping to further create more entrepreneurs. We've seen a few of them come to us, some of them come to us and say, how can we support what the Tony Edmelo Foundation is doing? We like the idea of promoting entrepreneurship on the continent. Some commit their staff, through their staff, they commit to mentoring some of these young African children because it's not just about capital, they need capital, they need training, they need mentoring, they need exposure, they need also business support and patronage. So we're beginning to, to see an integrated ecosystem. Uh, we're beginning to see the African uh, private sector leaders uh, changing their approach and it's also Again, a new, a new, a new kind of philosophy that a new kind of philanthropy that is coming, which is catalytic, which is catalytic, empowering people to do more for themselves, because that is how we can eradicate poverty and create jobs and make Africa rise. And yes, I think African Middle East we share similar characteristics. And again, the private sector has a role to play in Africa, in Middle East, in making sure that we. We, we, we drive the economic development of our continent. And what I'm beginning to also observe is that the global development partners agencies, they're like waiting to see people show interest like this from within and they support them. You know, today, um, a week ago, we just announced a 20 million euro partnership with EU to support about 2,400 Afri young African women in the area of entrepreneurship through the Tony Elmelu Foundation. The International Red Cross, they support about uh, over 250. The United Nations will just finish a program in Mali for 2020, it just ended about a week or two ago. UNDP to support about 3,000 young Malians because extremism, as I said earlier, is, uh, is, 
a derivative of uh, poverty and uh, people feeling emasculated from the major economic opportunities around. So we want to reintegrate them. And I'm happy the African private sector leaders are stepping forward and that the development partners across the world are also showing interest in this area. This is how all of us working together can help to develop Africa in a sustainable and truly transformative and lasting manner in the 21st century. Absolutely. You know, the, the saying is that an idle mind is a devil's workshop. And I also, you know, subscribe to what you're saying that unless we're really able to creatively and purposely engage uh, our youth uh, in our economies and our societies, then uh, everything else we do will just be like band-aids. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I fully agree. Um, no conversation these days is complete without uh, discussing COVID, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> so uh, how far back do you believe the COVID-19 pandemic has put us in our efforts to address the world's greatest challenges, including on the African continent? Uh, do you think that the pandemic is likely to have a lasting impact on how people will think about the role of private philanthropy in responding to global challenges? And if so, how? You know, I think uh, the pandemic presents uh, an opportunity for to reset as individuals, as countries, as economies. You know, I, I tell you in Nigeria in March last year when it all started, uh, I, through the institutions that I had, we supported, we committed $14 million, you know, by way of uh, uh, financial, $14 million financial assistance to Nigerian government and the government will do business in 20 African countries. And each of the countries will share the money just to support them. This is a private sector uh, involvement. This is a private sector participation. This is a private sector involvement in helping to, to, to provide solutions to it. But more importantly, in Nigeria, we created what called CACOVID, you know, Corporate uh, Alliance for COVID. And, uh, you know, um, so Africa's uh, richest uh, man, or Black richest man, Ed Aliko Dangote is on it. Uh, the central bank governor, Godwin Mefele, is on it. Uh, so a couple of us, about 10, and then added a few more people later. And I tell you, the involvement, participation of uh, CACOVID in helping to alleviate the impact, you know, issue of doing a lot, even with provided with the issue of the testing kits, when it was difficult to get, we helped to bring it to the country. The issue of uh, food because of the lockdown and its impact on, on, on feeding, which assisted, we helped to build, I think, in each of the Nigeria 36 states, in each of the 36 states of the country, we built isolation centers that could take at least 200 people each and so many other things, okay? This is private sector involvement, but more importantly is a realization now that there should be partnership between government and the private sector is a common goal, a common goal for the betterment of society, for the betterment of, uh, of everyone that a realization that economic development is critical, economic development, poverty alleviation is critical for us to say that we've achieved a, a, a good well-being for our people. So I see progressively uh, uh, collaboration 
across the chain. And the private sector is also realizing that, you know, we can't keep relying or waiting for government to lead. Uh, we have a role to play. And that's again, validates the philosophy of African capitalism that, you know, we all have to step forward and play our own role in helping because it's all about humanity. In fact, what COVID, my viewpoint has reminded all of us is a call not all to focus on humanity and also to deal with the issue of multilateralism. You know, when this thing started in China, some people called it the China flu. Today, China flu is affecting all of us. If we all came together, then maybe, you know, to have spared the world, this sort of thing. So it's a call for serious reflection. It's a call for us to reset. And uh, I think uh, that is happening and private sector is realizing it. The issue of the vaccination now, we're all thinking of the chain, the supply chain, you know, to make sure that it works, it gets to every part of the, of the globe, you know, in record time so that everyone is safe. There's no issue of uh, self-centeredness again, because any, 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 any infection, any part of the world can bring it to everyone in the world. It's, it goes to buttress what I've always said, that poverty anywhere is a threat to all of us everywhere. And so, yeah, we're all beginning to realize that we need to live together. Absolutely. And COVID aside, what issues do you think that strategic philanthropists and the next generation of philanthropists and impact entrepreneurs should be focusing their energies on in the years to come? I think two things. First is to, we need to prioritize entrepreneurship, you know, especially amongst our young ones. We need to prioritize entrepreneurship. And two, we all need to advocate for a better operating environment. If uh, you, you prioritize entrepreneurship through seed capital, uh, training, access to bigger capital, uh, creating the right uh, platform for them, like we did through the Tony Mill Foundation uh, 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 Connect, which is a digital platform that brings over a million young African entrepreneurs together to create an ecosystem that helps them to discover themselves, help them to sell, help them to interact and meet future partners. We need to do that. And we also need to create the, create the enabling environment, business environment, that allow these entrepreneurs to succeed. Because if they don't succeed, then we would have all wasted our time. So my, my call on philanthropists you know, uh, globally, and especially in Africa, and development partners who want to genuinely help Africa to develop and become self-reliant, uh, and this applies to Middle East also. What we need is to prioritize entrepreneurship amongst our young ones because the future indeed belongs to these young ones. Okay, and we need to give them economic hope and opportunities so that they shun extremism and they shun migration and focus and focus on the opportunity they see amongst themselves. And if we do that and create the right environment for this to, for them to succeed, then the world will be a better place for all of us. And we have no option. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned a few times in your responses to the questions, uh, Tony, the word collaboration, and you gave a few examples of that. So my final question is on, on collaboration. Uh, I know that your foundation already works closely with a number of uh, international partners, including the UNDP and uh, the African Development Bank. What, in your view, is the best way for individuals and organizations to collaborate with your foundation? 
And what is your outlook for uh, collaboration in general between philanthropists to boost impact? Do you think this is an increasing trend or do you think that there is limited scope for true partnerships uh, in this space? I think it's increasing. I think people are beginning to realize that it's not just about self alone. It's more about impact, the scale, the number of people we're able to talk. And there are many models today. I mean, we look at Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett providing money for Gates Foundation to help propagate and support them in what they, 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 they are doing. You know, similar things should happen in this part of the world. But I'm beginning to see because we have a new crop of private sector leaders now who are informed, who went to school, who look at big picture and who believe in collaboration and partnership. I see us doing more, but there's room for us to do a lot more. The Tony Elmelu Foundation, what we have done and what uh, most of the global uh, development partners have, are keen into is we created a platform for all, you know, a platform for all. We call, you call them to need middle entrepreneurs or you call them any, any brand them the way you like. What is important to us and our foundation is that we want to catalyze entrepreneurship on the continent. We want to, want to economically empower young ones, young men and women. We want to make sure that women are prioritized a lot more than ever they've ever been before. We want to make sure that the young ones are prioritized. We want to make sure that joblessness is ended and that people have economic hope. How they have it, whether it's through the Tony Melu Foundation or that is irrelevant. In fact, for instance, today on our TF Connect platform, we train over 300,000 people now. In fact, it's free, democratized. You have business idea, you want to be trained, come on the platform and we're happy to train you. What is important to us is that we impart humanity at a scale, magnitude and impact like no, has never happened before. In this 21st century, that is the only assured way to poverty alleviation and eradication of joblessness in our continent. Beautifully uh, said. Thank you, dear Tony, for taking the time to share your always great energy and insights with us and for all the highly impactful work that you have done and continue to do. I hope to uh, be able to visit you in uh, Nigeria and to visit your foundation and its great work in the near future and to discuss ways to collaborate also. Thank you once again. Thanks, my friend, Barra, and thanks again for what you're doing. And uh, yes, we would like to have you advise or sit on some advisory council someday. You're a great man. Well done. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you very much.